You're listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. We were living in Richmond, in Virginia, and I was pregnant with number five. My husband at the time is a mural artist, and he was doing a mural on a little island in Maryland. And he was up there for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I was home with the kids. And school got out, and it was Father's Day weekend, and I took the four kids and my pregnant self up to visit with him. And this was about three weeks before this baby was due. The plan was he was going to finish this mural up and then come home in time for the birth. We were staying in a comfort inn on this little island, and the night before I was to go home, I went into labor up there. And immediately I thought, oh God, we got to go home. I just, I'm having this baby, I got to get home. And it's 11 o'clock at night, and the kids are sleeping. We're all in the same hotel room. And my husband at the time, he was painting his mural. He would paint in the middle of the night. I had to get a hold of him. He came back and I was like, we got to go home. And I called my midwife back here in Richmond and I said, I'm really sure I'm in labor. I just want to come home. And she's like, you cannot get in your car and drive on the highway. This is not a good idea. The long and short of it is, I had contacted a midwife when I first came up to this little island, just one of those serendipitous kinds of things. And she had said to me, if you need anything, just give me a call. So I called her and I said, I'm, I think I'm in labor. Would you come help me? And she, she said, well, I'll come and check and see if you're really in labor. And if nothing else, I could stay with your kids while your husband takes you to the hospital. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not going to the hospital and I don't want, I can't go home. We didn't want anyone to know I was in labor because we figured they would probably call 911. So in the end, the midwife and her assistant came in very, we told them, don't say you're here for labor. And so I ended up birthing him under the cover of night in this quiet, comfort in room. The kids quietly, slowly started all waking up as I was in labor and they all watched their brother be born. And we had this little beautiful baby and he was born just as the sun was coming up. It was beautiful and then we told the people at the front desk and they were just, they weren't upset. They were kind of blown away by the whole, I couldn't believe that we'd been upstairs having a baby. My name is Therese Akun. I am a mother, first and foremost, of six now grown children. Six children, five of them born at home. That and her experience at the Comfort Inn that night informs a huge part of how Therese has spent her working life. Having those people come in and create that safe, sacred space for me was, you know, a gift, a huge gift of making me feel safe. Therese has dedicated herself to helping create that safe space for other birthing mothers as a doula, a midwife's assistant, and birth educator. I am an assistant to a midwife. I have been for about 25 years. We primarily attend home births. 
and I also teach birth. I train and certify birth doulas throughout North America. I stopped counting, but I would say I've attended about 800 births. About three-quarters of the births that I've done have been at home, and the remaining have been in the hospital. When Therese's youngest daughter was a year old, the midwife who helped with that birth asked Therese to be her assistant. They've worked together ever since. And she's been doing it for close to 45 years now. She's been a midwife. The jobs of midwife, midwife assistant, and doula overlap, but each has its own distinct focus. The midwife is a primary care provider for a pregnant and birthing mother. and her work as a doula, Therese is there to support the mother. As a midwife's assistant, her role shifts. My primary job is assisting the midwife so that they can do everything that they need to do. So it's almost like I'm a nurse to the midwife. Therese has attended hospital births as a doula, but in her role as midwife's assistant, almost all the births have taken place at home, something that occurs in less than 2% of births in the U.S. It is very controversial. But I will say, having given birth to my first child in a hospital, I had my second child 34 years ago at home. And back then, it was just like insane. It was just not heard of. And I gave birth to my last child at home 25 years ago. And still, home birth was just something that people just did not know about. I would say over the last... 10 years, home birth has become much more of a, I wouldn't say there's no normal to it, but it is more well-known in the mainstream. But we have a culture that says childbirth only takes place in a hospital. And to do anything outside of it is just dangerous. I think that is the number one reason people can't wrap their head around home birth. But it really is based on fear. Therese argues that many of the difficulties and dangers of birth are actually a result of the long-standing trend towards its medicalization. For example, the drug Pitocin, which is sometimes given to help a birth that's stalled, can cause fetal distress and necessitate an emergency C-section. Ultimately, she says women who choose to birth their babies at home have to weigh the relative risks and benefits of home versus the hospital. There are so many different reasons. But I think for a person like myself, I think for many people like me, it's a sense of autonomy that if I am comfortable with my body, if I believe that my body can do this, that uh, I understand the physiological mechanism of how labor works, I choose a good care provider to support me during that whole experience why would you go anywhere but home? It, it feels comfortable. I mean, hospitals are wonderful places if you are sick or if you have a broken bone or something that is not physiologically normal. But birth is normal. We are mammals and it's a mammalian experience. Home birth is not for everyone, um, not only physically, but psychologically not for everybody. You have to you have to feel comfortable and you have to be healthy. And your baby has to be healthy. I'm not a person who goes out there and says I think you should have a home birth or oh home birth is the only way to go because I don't believe that. I I don't think it's black and white. 
But I think if somebody is educated and understands the responsibility that they're taking upon themselves, then they can be comfortable birthing at home. Over the many years that Therese has been facilitating births, she's noticed an interesting pattern. I think it is very common for people to start their labors in the middle of the night. They may end up birthing during the day, but labors seem to very frequently be triggered during the night, whether the birth happens then or not. We relax at night. Our systems start to go into, oh, it's rest time, it's sleep time. And our biorhythms are different during those hours in the darkness. And so what is so important for the body to be able to go into labor is that the parasympathetic system, the relaxation response, be as fully triggered as possible, you know, not the fight or flight. And so if that is indeed how you feel in the darkness, in the night, your body is going to feel like, oh, okay, all its hormonal systems can kick in now and we can have the baby. Like, under the cover of dark, it is safe to have this baby. And, you know, you think about most other mammals will give birth, if not in the night, they will give birth in dark, secluded areas to feel safe. This tendency of mothers to go into labor in the middle of the night has had a huge effect on Teresa's life over the last 25 years. I always have my phone by my bed. There's no predictability of when you're going to be needed, but so often it seems it's in the middle of the night. So I will be sound asleep and the phone will ring and it will be a laboring woman or in some cases, it might be the midwife I work with who will be saying, it's time. We got to go now. And you're so comfortable in your sleep. And to be thinking, oh, I got to get up now. I've got to get dressed. I've got to get ready. I've got to put everything in my life in place and walk out the door. It's not easy the first time or the second time or even the 800th time. You just get more accustomed to it and your family gets more accustomed to it, you hope. Definitely, you get an adrenaline rush right away. I think just because the phone wakes you up, you're so excited in the beginning and you're scared at the same time because it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this. Will I know what to do? And each time I get that call, it's that feeling of, okay, I know what I'm heading for. And I both feel like, God, this is so amazing. This, this baby is coming in. And honestly, sometimes dread because it's like, oh, I got to get up and I got to go. But first thing for me would be turn on the coffee pot because I had to have coffee, no matter what, what time of day or night, but especially in the middle of the night. And then it, it would depend on the urgency of the need to go. But you never know. You figure you have time, but then other times you think, oh, my God, I got to go right now. And either which way, once you get that call, you just put on your clothes. So 
it would be basically just putting on my clothes and gathering whatever I felt I needed to take with me, you know, birth tools. It's really a nice experience in a bizarre sort of way of getting that phone call and everybody is asleep. It's not planned. You're going out the door. You're quietly creeping down the stairs. You're closing the door. I would start up the car in the driveway, but I wouldn't turn my lights on until I got out on the street because I didn't want to shine lights into anybody's room trying to be as quiet as possible not to wake anybody else up and yet it'd be so beautiful outside too it'd be just there is something really nice about going out in the middle of the night when I pull up in front of somebody's house I look around and what goes through my head is nobody knows of course the street will be quiet there might be some porch lights on, you know, there might be a light or two on in people's houses, but there's no activity. And I think these people have no idea that what is transpiring is there's going to be a new life coming in, that a baby is being born. You feel like you're part of this really secret, sacred moment, which is what I feel I am a part of. While the midwife will have met with an expecting mother many times before she gives birth, the midwife's assistant often enters into this incredibly intense and private time as a complete stranger. I may be meeting them for the very first time. Often it is the first time I'm walking into somebody's house, which is a very unique experience. I don't think I have the words to articulate what it feels like, what transpires in me when I walk up to the door. Usually the door is unlocked and I will just knock quietly on the door and open it. It's quiet usually, you know, and the lights are on, but there's a, it's not your normal daytime evening kind of feel that you're walking into. I just kind of try not to break anything that is already occurring in their experience. I just I want to meet the person, the people where they are, not have them come out of where they are to meet me. When you enter birth in the middle of the night, it is very different because the world is not functioning as we normally expect it to be. So it is a much quieter, deeper time. But when you enter birth, no matter what time of day it is, you enter into the night energy. Every time I go into a birth, the sense of time ceases. The energy is so different. It's something that you can feel. I'm not a church person, but I was just recently in a chapel. It was just this, you walked in and you felt a sacredness in this space. That's what it feels like to me when I'm walking into a birth. That's what I truly believe and why I feel so incredibly honored, blessed, all those overused words, privileged to be able to go to these people's experiences. I mean, they're allowing me to come in to this most sacred place. And in this very intimate, vulnerable, yet incredibly powerful time in their life, I'm 
being allowed into that realm. And for me, it feels like a very spiritual experience. While the actual birthing experience can be transcendent and awe-inspiring, some of the aspects leading up to it are definitely more terrestrial. When I started doing this, there were no cell phones. And so this was the phone by my bed that was ringing. I always had a beeper with me that if somebody went into labor during the day or if I was out in the evening, I could be paged. Uh, But then you'd have to find a phone to be able to contact that person. And there was no GPS either. So all the directions to somebody's place was handwritten on a piece of paper. And, you know, sometimes I knew the area where I was going and other times I don't know where I'm going. And they're waiting for you to get there. So it's like you're rushing, but you're trying not to rush to get there because if you screw up, you're never going to get there. Now it's changed. I have a cell phone and I do have GPS. But I used to be driving with a piece of paper and a flashlight trying to read my directions, you know, going to people's houses and trying to be safe all at the same time. There are other elements of safety to consider when entering into the relative isolation of a stranger's home. There was one partner who was uncomfortable to be around, seemed to be a kind of a strange person, and I am not a person who has ever been or wants to be around guns, and he had guns, and he was cleaning his gun through our whole conversation, and that made me very, very uncomfortable. So I was hesitant, but in the end, it wasn't anything. He was just kind of an odd guy, but he wasn't threatening. There was another birth where the couple themselves had a very, very volatile relationship. I would say not a healthy one in any way, yet they were together and they were going to have this baby together and they were having this home birth and we were giving them what we hoped was the best experience for the baby to come into, really. It was more about the baby than them. I was anxious when I first got there about his capacity to do harm. And I mean, I hate to say this, but (laughs) because it sounds really, I've never done this, so it's hard to even admit this, but there was this big hammer sitting out and I put it away, like I kind of hid it away because I just thought it, it looked like a weapon to me. And I just was nervous about his potential rage if anything went wrong. And in the end, again, they did a lovely, beautiful job together, laboring together. And it was a it was a beautiful birth. But the person I work with, she and I talked about it because it was in a more isolated area, creating that safety around ourselves. There was another birth I went to, came early in the evening, and it was in a more rural area kind of a rainy night. They had a beautiful, wonderful birth. And it was now morning and the sun was just starting to come up. It was really, really foggy out though. And I was taking some of our equipment and putting it back into Nancy's car. 
and having come in at night, I didn't really know the surroundings of where I was, like what was the lay of the land, what was this house, what was its property on, but I knew that they had some acreage. And I hear this really loud sounding of like a stampede coming. And I thought, oh my God, what is this? And coming at me out of this intense fog, and fortunately there was a fence that I wasn't aware of until that moment, were these huge emus that these people raised that I had no idea that they had these emus. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, talk about a wake up. They said, oh yeah, we forgot to tell you about our emus. So you never know what you're going to see in the morning coming out of the darkness. Emus notwithstanding, the biggest danger of attending home births by far is lack of sleep. Richmond is really central Virginia. We are about an hour and a half west of the ocean, Virginia Beach area, and about an hour and a half east of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And so we could be right in the city, and and then again, you, we could be an hour away out more in the country. And, you know, the, the biggest problem with doing more rural is the drive. And the drive is when you've got bad weather or you are exhausted already from another birth or what's really hard is coming home from a birth regardless of where it is. But if you're on more rural kinds of roads, that's the safety hazard is the drive, especially if you're tired, which is a common thing for you to be. If you're cut off in the middle of the night of your sleep or you started during the day and now it's five o'clock in the morning and you haven't slept and then it's noon when you're finally driving home, you're at risk. And nighttime, of course, makes it more so. Sleepiness can be a terrible, terrible thing to be driving. It's like drunken driving in many ways, you know. And I think that's what we all worry about is, am I safe to drive home? I had an experience one time that stands out, probably 10 years ago. I'd been up all night long at the birth, and it was just sun coming up when it was time to go home. And it was a long drive, probably a 45-minute drive. And I felt fine when I was leaving the house. The midwife that I was with, she said, I'm going to sleep in my car for about 10 minutes just to give myself that. I just need that to get home. And I said, no, I'm fine. I'm going to leave. And I drove home. I was probably a half mile from my house. And I felt like I, I didn't know if I could make it. I felt like I was almost having seizure kind of like feelings of, how, how am I going to stay awake? How am I going to stay awake? And I should have just stopped there, but that's what, that's the danger. You don't, you think you can do it. And fortunately, obviously, I made it home okay. But as soon as I got home, I thought that was really dumb. Therese has found ways to give her body little bits of rest, enough to keep her going, even when there's been no sleep for a long time. I mean, you get really, really tired. And that that's the biggest struggle is your body wants to sleep and you close your eyes for short periods of time, but you can't go into that sleep that your body is craving. I can fall asleep standing up. 
I mean, I have learned how to prop myself up against a wall and close my eyes without falling down and really get that quick minute, five minute sleep in and be able to, you know, feel like, okay, I just slept and be okay. These tiny little naps have been crucial, given the fact that there wasn't a lot of catching up on sleep later, after the birth was over. Yeah, no, there was no sleep the rest of the day ever. Never have had that experience. I I know that for a lot of people who do birth work, doulas specifically, once their birth is over, they go home and they don't have children. Uh, or their children are in school, or they get somebody to take care of everyone and they go to sleep. And that's great, you know, if that works for them and that's what they need to do. But I never had that luxury. I have learned in my life to go with very little sleep. And I don't recommend it. And it's not something all people can do. But fortunately, I seem to have a constitution that allowed me to be without sleep. No, I always had to take care of kids, or I've had other jobs, and so I might go from a birth right into a job also. I might take a quick 15-minute cat nap, you know, and that will get me through. But no, I've just learned how you just keep going. I might have been a cranky mom, though. <laughs> the crankiness, the sleep deprivation, the difficult drives over the last 25 years. All of this has been dwarfed by the awesome experience of helping babies come into the world. There is just something so beyond ability to describe what it is like. And I think really in that quiet stillness of the dark of the night, especially at home, watching a baby enter into the world is just something that until you do it, you can't really describe to people. And having had those experiences myself as a birthing woman, I, I know that feeling of, I know what it felt like for me to have that experience. And I really carry that with me to other people's experiences because I was given that, that quiet. And there's just something lovely lovely, lovely about coming into people's homes in the middle of the night. It almost feels like that Christmas Eve kind of feeling all the time. You know, like anticipating something magical happening. It's like a new adventure all the time. Every single time. This experience. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music and all the other music in this episode. Nocturne is produced with support from KCRW's Independent Producer Project, which provides resources to creative storytellers around the world. Find out more about Nocturne and let us know what you think at nocturnepodcast.org or connect with us on Twitter or Facebook. We're at Nocturne Podcast. Nocturne is part of The Herd, a collective of audio producers creating smart and beautiful work. Find out more at theherdradio.com. Thanks for listening.